0: Hey, it's DG, and I want to send you a ton of free marketing stuff right to your door, Or your inbox, whatever you want. I'm serious because look, we know how it is. One of my favorite things about doing marketing at Drift is that we are all marketers just like you. So we're marketers doing marketing to marketers. It's crazy. And one thing we know that in the B2B world, there's so much content out there. It can be hard to figure out what to read and who to trust if you're looking to grow your business. And so we put together something that I call the ultimate conversational marketing starter kit. We asked our top customers, literally turned to them and said, what resources would you give to somebody new to Drift? and conversational marketing, and we're packaging all that up to send right to your door for the first time for free. So that means I will send you a copy of the book I wrote with my boss, our CEO, David Cancel, on conversational marketing. This book was an instant number one new release on Amazon in three categories, and it's already sold 10,000-plus copies to date. I'll literally send you the actual 262-page hardcover book right to your door. Also, we'll send you This Won't Scale, a digital copy of our very popular book, This Won't Scale, which is a book we wrote as a marketing team about how we do marketing at Drift. It's 110 pages, it's only been available as a hard copy, but we're making it available digitally for the first time as part of this offer. We'll also send you the Modern Marketers Playbook. You'll get a digital copy of our Modern Marketers Playbook, which is a guide we wrote with strategic insights from 35 of today's most influential marketing leaders from companies like Slack, LinkedIn, Okta, Vimeo, and more. We'll also give you the Conversational Marketing Blueprint, which is the best next step after you read the Conversational Marketing book. and It gives you a step-by-step guide for implementing and optimizing conversational marketing for your business and... It's not over. The Conversational Sales Handbook. This is the guide you're going to need to give to your sales team to build your conversational sales strategy, aka what you do after you take everything you've learned in the book in the blueprint. All you have to do is visit Drift.com slash Starter and grab all this stuff right now. That's Starter, S-T-A-R-T-E-R. I tried to have no Boston accent on that. Drift.com slash Starter will send everything right to your door or will literally uh, just send an email if you prefer that, okay? Drift.com Slash Starter, and I will see you hopefully there. Hey everybody, it's DG. One of my favorite episodes of the Swipe File coming up. Why is it one of my favorite episodes? Because I sat down with Andy Raskin, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Andy Andy is a Silicon Valley storytelling mastermind. But instead of interviewing Andy for this one and saying, "Who are you? What do you do?" Blah blah blah. I said, Andy. I want to know your five secrets for storytelling. Give them to me. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. And that's what we got for you on this episode of The Swipe File. Tune in. Andy Raskin, thank you for doing this. Oh
1: man, my pleasure. You're one of my favorite people, which I tell you a lot. Likewise. Don't let it go to your head. Which I tell you a lot. Don't (laughs) let it go to your head. Okay, so...
0: We have the great honor of, of hanging out with you at Saster. We have not gotten kicked out. Uh, despite Yet. us being outside, we have not gotten kicked out of this place. So I thought of like, what can we talk to Andy about? And I think you have this superpower, which is the ability to get companies to tell a story that doesn't sound like corporate jargon, BS, what most B2B companies sound like. And um, I think I first started to hear of you when you did this, you know, the greatest sales deck Ever. The post about Zora. The post about Zora. Yeah. Did you notice a, like an inflection point in, in people asking you for stuff after that?
1: Yeah. So there was a post I did uh, about a year before that, that was about Elon Musk. That was, um, it was called Want a Better Pitch? Watch this. It was about his um, keynote for the Powerwall where I first kind of started talking about this structuring the pitch and starting to talk about doing it almost like a movie, the similarities there. That one kind of really kickstarted my consulting business. But yes, uh, there's one that's gotten around 2 million views now uh, around the world. Holy so cow. yeah, companies around the world, I've been totally privileged to work with them on uh, how the leadership team tells a story. Yeah. yeah. And then the following year, you did another one. You did an update. It was like the... What, what was it was the, about? What about. Was the Drift one? Um, yeah, that was about Drift. So yeah, that was uh, the greatest sales pitch I've seen this year, I okay. think it was. <laughs> okay, so Zorro <laughs> was ever, we were this year. See, so, yeah, I couldn't like, go retroactively back right, to right, ever, right. and then still have that, you know, like, yeah. Okay, so, so anyway, I don't want to talk about us, I don't.
0: What I want to talk about, though, is you... Told me that you will be nice enough to share the thing that you usually only share with CEOs, CMOs, which is you're kinda you have a recipe for telling these stories, which I think if you're if you're a marketer watching this, you'd be crazy to not like literally print out Andy's framework. And so, you know, if you read the Zora stuff, if you read the one you wrote about drift, and you kind of read any of your other stuff, there's kinda like maybe four or five key ingredients. So I just You told me you do remember them, so that's good. So I want I want to talk through them and just kind of give people. This is for our marketing show, and I'm obsessed with having like frameworks. I don't think you can framework everything, but as far as like telling a story, so for example, I stole one from Steve Jobs that I use for all of our decks and landing pages, and it's like you know it's five steps. It's like tell a story, pose a problem, blah blah blah, and that's been
1: super helpful. But I like yours a little bit better, and I wanna I want to go through the steps. Cool. Yeah. So well, first of all, you know you said. It's a marketing thing, and first thing I would say is you know you're you're so lucky because you have the CEO mm. who, like, I think David Cancel sees the story as his job. To- you
0: know, totally agree, and and which is funny to think about if you go back and rewind any of the companies that have been great at this: Salesforce, Benioff, Apple, Steve Jobs, Amazon, Bezos. Tesla,
1: Elon Musk, right? All those CEOs do care that much about storytelling. Yeah. And, you know, marketing, of course, is going to be the storytelling kind of center of excellence that you're going to tell the story. But in all the engagements I do, I've really learned like it has to be at the CEO level. If marketing just kind of takes this on as the project, like, oh, we're going to create the story and then, you know, pushes that into sales. It's not going to work as well. Just from the inside part of this, like, I can tell you that, Dave, I have
0: not worked with any of those other guys, but from David's perspective, he is maniacal about, you know, you might think right now we have a good story, but I can tell you that he's texting me at 8 o'clock yesterday saying – we need to work this in. We need to rev on this. And so he's always like, and I had a meeting with the um, CMO of ServiceNow yesterday and I sent David a video after because he said something in that conversation. He said, you and me, we got to rev on this. We got to work on this. And so it it is always something he's thinking about. I know that.
1: Yeah. And I think the greatest CEOs who think about this story, yeah, I mean, they have the basic story that they're telling all the time, but you know, it's never final. It's like sort of always evolving a little bit. The framework that you talked about, and, and like you said, it's just a framework it's just some principles like it's not a template the, the so, framework alone will not make you great yeah the 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 the, the thing that happens a lot is people will say you know i I tried that Zwar thing and didn't work. You, and Andy, you say, <laughs> yeah, it uh, doesn't work. So and they'll send it to me, and, and what, it, what it turns out, they've actually just sort of pasted their own logo uh, into the Zwar slides, and like, cha- and literally like pasted it over a few words. Like we believe so, in the subscription economy. Y- 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 you y- make because, bicycles. Like, they, what are you talking? They, about? they have a, maybe a different economy, but you know, you know, every team that I work with, we kind of start with that kind of rough structure, but it never exactly works. We always have to kind of massage it into whatever is really, you know, going on for them. The, the structure is really the first thing is starting with this undeniable relevant kind of newish change in the world. Mm. And you know, this is essentially the same thing as what you you know the the play bigger folks are talking about. It's this point of view on What has changed? I'm I'm glad you
0: mentioned them because that, you should go read the book, Play Bigger, because they go and break down basically all the big companies in the last 20 years. Very successful IPOs all have this one thread in common is that they've created a category. And by definition, you can't really have a category, you know, we can't be creating a category about like these podcast mic covers, right? It's gotta be something that has that big emotional story. And so I love your thing because it immediately starts with not not a feature, not a product, but a hey look, this undeniable thing is happening
1: in the world. Do you agree? Yes. Okay, next, right? And you agree you're with us. Uh, you don't agree. You know, you think the world is not changing that way. Okay, we'll see you in a couple of years, right? The next step is, and this is, I think, the place, the thing that a lot of teams skip. It's a thing that a lot of storytellers skip is laying out the stakes. So, you know... Oh, yeah, I forgot about this one. You know, because of this change... Why, if you stick to the status quo, are you kind of on the road to ruin? I think I think it's in your
0: article, but I think I have it somewhere in Evernote. It's like, there will be winners and there will be losers. And you have to show the real pain of like, not only can you agree that this shit is happening, but you're going to miss the boat and here's what happens if you do.
1: And not only that you're going to, but that it's already, if possible, like it's already happening. Like already the winners are adapting. And if you don't adapt... Like, you're on the road to, to losing. One of my favorite, like, our sort of national treasure storyteller, Ira Glass, This American Life, yeah. this is one of his big things. We get a lot of great, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but a lot, we get a lot of great pitches for stories, but the good ones have to lay out the stakes. One of their famous episodes is about, they spend like an hour in a car dealership and they lay out the stakes for these, these car salesmen, you know, like what's at stake if they don't make their quota. Mm. And it's so big that you actually feel really sorry for these salespeople, which is like probably the most incredible storytelling feat I've ever seen.
0: You go and you go and you, you hear from the person who's going to miss a paycheck and their family's not going to whatever. Right. And you're like, Oh man,
1: I feel that. Yeah. I guess. And it turns out, you know, like a lot is riding on not the profit on each car, but hitting some big quota for the for the whole dealership. And then like some big payment is at stake. And then yes, people's livelihood and their uh, kids' education. All right, so, all so undeniable change, winners and losers. Yeah. And then, so now we have their attention, <laughs> you know, they, they sort of see the stakes. And now the next thing they want to know is, well, what's it going to take to win? You know, what does it take to be one of these winners? All of this has a real... Analog in movie structure. You know, that's kind of where I learned about all this stuff. I was pitching a company and it was going really badly until I sort of found this screenwriting book. Cool. And you, you know, you think about all the great movies. Star Wars, of course, is a good one because a lot of people have seen it. They lay out very early kind of what is this state that the hero has to get to that, you know, Obi-Wan is basically committing to help him get to, you know, in that movie, it's destroying the Death Star, you know, in other movies, it's something else. And can you do what I call is sort of like tease the promised land, meaning like give a glimpse of it. And this functions as both a kind of goal state for the customer, but also a commitment from the company. Like, this is what we're going to get you to. In this way, I really see this as the... The mission statement. But it's the mission statement from the customer's point of view versus some kind of self-centered... Thing. There's another good one. I'm really um, cold, by the way. That's I'm cold. Why I'm shaking. I'm cold. I'm not I'm cold. nervous. This is no, not. I'm no, no, shaking. it's okay. I'm yeah, cold good. too. Okay. I'm cold too. We're doing good. This is good. We want to.
0: <laughs> the challenge of a great storyteller is we want to put you in in uh, yeah. in, in circumstances <laughs> that you're not used to and can you've you done come it. and you've still done say, you've done it. I was gonna say I learned a great lesson from Aaron Sorkin, not personally, but from Masterclass, which is amazing. He does a class on screenwriting, and he said something really simple, which is so powerful. Which is every great movie, every great story has intentions and obstacles, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yes. And so you want to go, I want to go mm-hmm. home tonight, but the car's broken down and I can't. And I want to get there because blah. And you set that up up front. And so I know
1: where this story is going to yeah. go. And that's, that's a great segue to the next piece of okay. the framework, because, you know, most companies, they start out with what is the problem? What is the problem? what is the solution? You know, this is a kind of metaphor. The company is the problem solver in sales, like traditional sales culture. It's the doctor, yeah. doctor, patient. Uh, you know, you get this, um, we're going to look for pains yes. and here's how we're going to relieve the pains. Marketing's job is to arm the sales team with a list of pains. But if you start there, if that's the starting point, then we don't really understand like what the stakes are. And then what happens is you get this thing where only the people who really have the problem really care about it. So you sort of get pushed down very low in the org when you start this other way with the promised land. And as you said, now you talk about, well, okay, if that's where we want to get to, you know, destroying the dust star, just having conversations with, with people, you know, right. then what's stopping you from doing that? Like what's, what's in your way. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of big things in the way because this promised land should be, you know, pretty hard to get to. I think that's such a valuable exercise though as a marketer or storyteller or whatever or salesperson is to say
0: is to actually go through and lay out all the objections somebody's gonna have, right? Like they have to destroy the Death Star. What are all the things that could happen along the way? And then actually make those part of your story. Cause I, then yeah. you can be like, I know you're probably thinking they're gonna do blah. Well they don't. They actually do this and you handle all the
1: objections up front. It's objections and it's also sort of like challenges they're gonna have that you're anticipating like what's going to be hard for them because it's easy. They don't need you. Yep. But yeah. So positioning these things as obstacles to a goal versus just sort of disembodied problems. Yeah. Okay. That's four. And then the last piece is, well, even if we've done this like really well, then the buyer should, the prospect should still be kind of skeptical because this promised land, we've set it up to be, you know, really aspirational, hopefully, but also really hard to reach. It's the freaking Death Star. How are you going to have these, you know, three really, people destroy it? Really? I uh, mean, me as like a sort of lame teenager is going to destroy that Death Star. Uh, me as a, you know, marketer sitting behind forms, I'm going to just have a conversation. Totally. Like, how's that going to happen? Totally. You know, uh, I look at ones like, uh, you know, uh, Airbnb. A lot of people call this the tagline, but I like to call it the promise line message. You know, live there. Really, I'm going to live in the place rather than be in a hotel, right? Like you know, and so we need to give them some evidence uh, that we can make the story come true. And so that's the things like, well, Jobs was great at the product demo. You know, hey, here's the, you can't get the phone yet, but here's what your life is gonna be like. He'd call the Japanese restaurant just by, you know, moving his fingers around, which was pretty cool back in the day. But of course the best, evidence is stories about customers you've already gotten to the promised land or at least kind of on the way. Uh, so those are, you know, testimonials and what go by the horrible name, case studies. But, uh, you know, stories about that. Proof. Yeah, proof. you need proof. Because proof. I think I think that's, it, it sounds funny because like
0: for marketers have always needed, you know, ask any salesperson, they need more case studies, right? Yeah. But I think it's more important than ever today because of what, you know, you you talk about a lot, like the whole reality TV thing that, that we do. Mm-hmm. Right? The mm-hmm. reason why that matters yeah. is because I think marketing marketers. marketers have the hardest, it's going to, we're entering the hardest decade, I think for marketers, because even if you're so good at what you said, undeniable change, here's the problem, here's the solution, right? People are still like, I don't believe you. We are all so more more skeptical than ever today. Every sales rep is going to tell me their thing is faster, it's better, it's easier to use, it's whatever, even if it's true, which sucks for them because they're not going to ever convince me. And so you do have to have some facts to back it up. Yeah.
1: But what I love, especially what you do and, I think I've seen some others. It's like most companies are selling a solution and they're giving evidence of the solution, like evidence that this that we are the best. And what this framework is really about, and I think what I see you guys doing is it's more about you're selling belonging to this group of believers who believe in the story you're telling. And the proof is, of course, you're You know, you're you're always talking about how folks are using Drift, but it's a lot of it is about the proof of, you know, thriving and winning in the world of conversational marketing. And and I think we like I'm I'm just obsessed with finding examples that are like somewhat related to
0: us outside. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like yeah every day I walk home from work and there's a Bank of America right there and the the big window of Bank of America positions their app now as a 24-7, you know, banking assistant, right? Yeah. Or I use the Lyft example all the time. It's like, I, after this, I'm going to go back and we're going to get lunch and I'm going to pull up Lyft on my phone and and they're going to scan the area for a driver near me and find someone for for a ride. Why can't that happen on your website? That has nothing to do with Drift, but it's like these related stories that get people to see. Right. And that's a story that I can take to a room of non-marketers. I can take to my family family at Thanksgiving and say, you know what? Don't you hate how when you go to a website and you do blank? Well, we're solving this problem. Yeah. My mom doesn't care about conversational marketing and, and, and sales tactics and that, but, but, but she knows the problem of like, yeah, I hate going to somebody's website and freaking waiting.
1: Yeah. I, and you know, th- this really gets to, it's not just that it's everything you do. You know, that thing where you're t- doing videos while you're, you know, walking and drinking your greens, it's, that whole authenticity message, of course, it, it it stands alone, but it also is very connected, I think, to the Drift story. Everything you're doing is really goes back to that change in the world that you believe in and that the whole company what, is kind of built around. What would you around. do before we wrap up because I'm I'm freezing too.
0: What would you do if you're a company and you're you're a little bit newer, you know, newer company, newer startup, whatever, and you don't have all those case studies? Can you still do this in a compelling way without the facts
1: yet? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it's a wake-up call to say, "Hey, we, we let's do some kind of beta. Let's do let's do something like what you know that that it's really important. Can we get something like that? You know, I run a lot of workshops where early-stage founders will come, and they'll often ask this question. And so that's one of the things I say. But I mean, you know, there's, what's the best we can show them? Like, do we have maybe even maybe product demo is all we can do at this point, or, or a quote whatever? From somebody saying this would be amazing <laughs> if I block. Yeah, yeah. which is you know, not great, but maybe that's
0: the best yeah. they the best they can do. All right, let's hit him with the recap. If you can remember off the top of your head, number one is state a big undeniable change happening in the world. Number two is show that there will be winners and losers. Stakes. Stakes. Number three. What's number three? Tease the promised land. Tease the promised land. Show them the path of the future. Number four. Summarize the obstacles and show how you can help overcome them. What he said. And then the fifth one is proof. Show examples. So, awesome. Andy, I can't get enough of the stuff you write. So, if you're watching this and you're not listening or or reading Andy's stuff, go and check him out. A
1: Raskin on on Twitter, right? A Raskin on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or connect on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, That's where where I'm always posting stuff. Yeah, I heard heard you post some stuff over there, too. (laughs) I I dabble. I dabble. (laughs) All right, Andy, thank you for doing it.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of The Swipe File. I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast and so because it's fun for me, I hope it's fun for you and it would mean the world if you could leave a review. Reviews really help Uh, and so go leave a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Let me know what you liked about the show, didn't like, want to hear more of. And also if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. The show is everywhere that you get your podcast probably where you're listening right now. But If you want more content like this, if you want to go a layer deeper, join me on Drift Insider. It's drift.com slash insider. We're teaching courses, we're sharing videos, and we have exclusive content for people just like you in marketing that we do not share publicly. So go and check it out drift.com slash insider.